to Arcana Archives. I'm Chelsea, and my fun fact for this week is I was on the junior high school wrestling team and lost every single match, except for one against a classmate who purposely threw it so we would have better stats. Rogan? Hi, I'm Rogan. Uh, My fun fact for this week is I am jealous of my Pokemon character's fashion choices. (laughs) And we have a very special guest today, Adam Cheeson, founder of Tree Picks. Adam... We're starting a thing where we introduce ourselves with fun facts. So why don't you tell us a fun fact about yourself and also introduce yourself, please? <laughs> yeah, so my name's Adam, and my fun fact is I played hockey with Wayne Gretzky. You did oh, what? Nice. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're going to have to elaborate on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one gets a, a pretty good response when I, and that's always my fun fact. Whenever I have, to, that's like, they're going to write that on my tombstone, like when I, when I die. Um so um he Wayne Gretzky used to have a fantasy camp um that he did I think he did it for about 15 years but um you could basically just pay to go and so what he would do is he would have this thing and it was it would give you know people like me like you know the hockey fans the chance to kind of live the NHL experience so he would get about 10 15 of his like you know NHL superstar buddies and you would go to Vegas and it was a, like a four or five day event and they would put you all on teams and um, it was the full NHL experience. So Wayne Gretzky would play on your team for a game and he'd play against you for a game, but you would also have NHL players on your team. So like Brett Hull was there, Curtis Joseph was there, like all these like Hall of Famer guys. And uh, so the, the, the story that I always tell about that is that um, I assisted on a goal with, with Gretzky when he was on my team. So me i i had the puck i picked it up at our sort of blue line and he was kind of up in front of me you know by about he was sort of up around the red line and i skated past him and i dropped the puck to him and he passed it off to another guy and the guy scored so and then they came on the pa you know and announced it and everything and uh so yeah me and gretzky set this guy up for a goal awesome (laughs) that's literally the coolest thing i've ever heard (laughs) yeah so i mean like i i you know i mean i paid to play hockey the most canadian thing i've ever heard yeah so like you know when i say i played hockey with them like let me make it very clear i'm not a professional hockey player whatnot like you know it cost me money to do this um (laughs) but it was worth every penny and like (laughs) literally like you know the the one of the greatest moments of my life oh i bet that's amazing. That is, Rogan, we're never going to be able to top that fun fact. You should just stop doing that. <laughs> well, like, that's, the whole, that's the whole reason we have guests on, so that they can just one-up us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, Gotta I, find I, people who are cooler than us, because otherwise this podcast is just so <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I have a list of questions for you. If you see me looking at my phone, I'm uh, I'm not texting. I'm (laughs) reading questions. It's all good. All good. Go ahead. Um, First off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? 
Yeah, totally. Um, so I was born in Nova Scotia, um, live in Calgary now. I've been here for the last 15 years, but i um, born and raised in Nova Scotia. I was born in Sydney on Cape Breton and um, grew up there loving music. You know, I was just we were just sort of the quintessential Canadian family. Like, you know, we had the backyard rink. So like as a little boy, I was like dreaming of being Wayne Gretzky kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, as I got a little older, um, kind of more around junior high age, um, I got more into music um, and it kind of started with school band. Um, and I, I was still kind of more into sports when I was a younger kid, like played hockey and I used to speed skate and that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, as I got older, music kind of became more important to me. and then. Um, you know, by the time I graduated high school, I was, I applied to go to music and university. So, um, you know, like through high school, like I was in every school band there was, um, you know, we had our own little, um, so back in Nova Scotia, Celtic music is a really you know popular thing. And, uh, so we had a Celtic band when we were in high school and, uh, yeah, so I, uh, at university level, I went to Dalhousie in Halifax and I studied jazz saxophone. And, um, you know, the plan was to, to go down the road in music in some way, shape or form. Be it, you know, initially, I kind of thought maybe I'd become a music teacher or something like that. I, I always enjoyed performing, but you know, I kind of thought maybe I'd go the music teacher route. Um, and uh, as I got more into it, the sort of how I ended up in Calgary was I wanted to, um, after I finished saxophone, um, I always loved the saxophone, but like, I guess I liked it, but I didn't love it the same way that a lot of people that I was studying with did like they, you know, just breathe the saxophone and I love jazz and I love all that stuff, but it was not the thing that excited me the most. Um, but <laughs> the irony is it was the instrument. I play a bunch of instruments and of all the instruments that I play, I was the best on the saxophone. And, you know, so I was good enough on it to get by at a university level but it was I didn't love it the same way I loved like playing guitar in a rock band or that kind of thing um or playing you know like I played a lot of Celtic guitar so I initially wanted to go um after uh I you know I finished uh at Dalhousie I wanted to go to Ireland and do a they have a master's program there in Celtic guitar um so that really intrigued me and so I applied initially to get in and I didn't. So um, this was around 2004, 2005. And so my plan was I'd moved to Calgary. Things were booming in Calgary then, like booming, booming. And so my plan was I was going to come here for about nine months, you know, sort of from like October to the end of the summer. And then I'd go to Ireland the next year. And I never reapplied. <laughs> and here I am in Calgary. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I relate to that a lot because I'm currently taking my undergrad in uh, like a double major music and business. Very cool. So and, and I I like grew up on classical guitar. So nice. um, a lot of finger style. So that's how I applied. And now I'm getting more into like the voice and, and stuff. But yeah, the, like those like changing sort of career directions, like I've experienced that like multiple times over. Over the course well, of my and, undergrad, like first I wanted to very much be like performance in classical guitar. And then I went more the direction of like uh, musicology. Like now I want to study like 
old folk song and, and stuff and, and like go to Japan and all these places. Um, and then I tacked on business on top so that I could like market my own music and stuff. So, yeah. And so you totally get it then. And cause I was very much the same way. Um, and like, you know, I had this very, like a musicology kind of interest. Um, and it was in the music that's sort of like indigenous to Cape Breton. So the Celtic music in Cape Breton is heavily Scottish with also an Irish influence. But when, you know, we have this festival called Celtic Colors um, that was just getting going around the time that I was in later in high school and getting really excited about Celtic music. Um, so as a guitar player, like you'll know, like once I started hearing these Irish guys, I figured out that they all played in dad gad and playing in finger style. So for non-guitar players, it's mm -hmm. just, they tune the guitar a different way. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I, I want to go to Ireland and put my guitar in dadgad and never put it in standard again and just like play, you know, Celtic music, finger style or accompany <laughs> fiddlers and that kind of thing. Um, that was like what was I was really, really into at the time. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I settled in Calgary. Um, so the, the business side of it is that um, my dad and my uncle um, back east, they're, they're tradespeople. So they mostly do drywall painting, that kind of thing. So I came to Calgary with my uncle at the time and we started a renovation business, mostly doing painting, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I just kind of got caught in that in a sense, you know, so like I, I, I never applied to go back to the school and then, you know, the, the sort of money kind of came in and it was pretty good. I was also had like a lot of student loan debt at the time. So um, I, you know, here it is 15 years later, you know, I, I'm still in Calgary. Um, I'm, I, I, I closed up the renovation business once tree picks got going, but you know, tree picks is sort of the, the meld of the two of those. So it's, it's the music side of me with also, you know, the, the handyman kind of side. Um, so it, you know, I kind of use both of those skill sets mm -hmm. and, uh, and it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. I guess that kind of answers the next question we had for you, which was what made you want to start making picks and it as kind of the merger of those two uh, parts of your life. Hey. Yeah, exactly. So like, um, like I didn't invent wooden guitar picks by any means. Um, you know, uh, Rogan will tell you they're not nearly as common as a plastic pick, um, but they've been around forever. Um, and um, what kind of happened with tree picks was, you know, I, I was sort of looking for a change. Um, you know, I'd been doing the, the renovation stuff for about 13 years. And I was kind of at this age in my life, you know, I was about 35 or so. And um, not that I felt old by any means, but I was also kind of like, you know, I saw how quick 13 years kind of got away from me. And um you know, like, like I came, well, I guess it would have been about, you know, 10, 11 years. But, um, you know, when I came here at 25, I never would have thought that, you know, 11, 12 years later, I'd still be sort of doing the same thing. So I started thinking like, you know, it would be very easy for another 10 so years to get past me, um, which, you know, I, I it's something that I, I didn't want to do for like a full-time career. Um, so, but tree picks kind of happen as a fluke. Um, so around the same time, um, I bought a house, uh, for myself and, um, I bought a fixer upper because, you know, I could fix it up. Like I had those skills. So, um, 
I, I bought the house and I was, you know, going around to all these different sort of shops, you know, getting materials to renovate it and so on and so forth. And I was in, there's a wood shop here in Calgary that sells specialty woods. So it's like exotic woods from all over the world. And I was in there for something and I saw this one piece of wood that in my mind, it was just the perfect thickness to make the guitar pick out of. Um, so I just bought it impulsively and that was it. But at the same time, I was renovating my own house and I was kind of doing it as I went so I could, you know, as I could afford to and so on. And then, so I just took this piece of wood that I bought and I kind of threw it in the basement and forgot about it. And then four years later or so, I stumbled on it. And I was like, oh yeah, I was going to make guitar picks out of that. So um, anyway, I, you know, I kind of made guitar picks. And what I, around that time, I, you know, I learned about laser engraving and I was like, there must be an easier way to cut these things out. So I, I kind of, you know, found some people to do that and so on and so forth. But the plan was never to start a business. It was just to kind of make something cool. And so I initially made about, you know, 40 or 50 picks out of this one piece of wood and played with them myself. And I sent some to some friends and my brother and whatnot and got some feedback. And I really liked them. And the feedback was kind of good. So then I started experimenting more with different woods you know, different shapes and all that kind of thing. And it just kind of became this hobby that I got more and more into and was more excited about. And then after about, you know, eight or nine months or so, the entrepreneur in me kicked in as like, maybe I could sell these things. So that was kind of around the time how TreePix got born. Uh, and so, I, you know, I came up with the name and so on and so forth. And, you know, but at the time it was, I, I never thought in a million years that it would be something that I could, you know, would grow to the point that I could do full time. It was, you know, merely like this will just be like a side hobby kind of thing that'd be kind of fun. And, you know, after about a year, year and a half or so, it got to the point where I could do it full time. So, you know, the second it did, I, I shut the painting business down and went all in on tree picks. That's amazing. Awesome. Um, yeah. What was the name of the wood shop in Calgary? Yeah. And is it still around? It is. Yeah, it's called Black Forest Wood. Uh, um, yes. Black Forest Wood Shop or Wood Wood something. It's on Black uh, Blackfoot Trail, right by the Calgary Farmers Market. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you go in there, it's you know it's a shop. They they have a wicked uh, social media presence too. Um, they have like they make some like crazy like tables and stuff, and they ship them all over the world. Uh, but yeah, it's still there, and like they got some really really cool stuff in there. Yeah, they have like guitar classes and stuff too, like how to like build. Uh, like various instruments like in a loft area above um, and like a full shop right. for like cutting and milling in the back and like <laughs> a, a whole series of uh, like shelves totally. and drawers and stuff like filled with like pre-planed like guitar parts it, it's it's yeah. kind of nuts in yeah there. It, that's something that I've always wanted to do too is like build my own guitar mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I, I saw that not- course and I was like you know someday I'm gonna take that but I I I just don't have the time. It's so interesting having you on this podcast because like Rogan builds guitars and you make guitar picks and you both like music and you both do like woodworking <laughs> stuff and the parallels are just uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like Rogan's a, a younger version of me. Yes. Taking music in university and interest in business and he's, you know, making guitars and into wood and all that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the parallels just, it's just amazing. Well, Coming out of that, oh. uh, what 
is what are some of the logistics around planting a tree for every pick you sell? Like, how do you organize that from your, like, Calgary location and, like, find places to plant? Yeah. Uh, like, is it an organization that you work with? Kind of. So the the way the tree planting started was when I came up with the name. So um, initially when I was like, okay, maybe I could sell these and I'm going to start a business. It's like, I got to come up with a name. And in my head, the name was like blank wood picks. So it'd be like, you know, say hardwood picks or ironwood picks or something like that. And I was stuck on, you know, it had to be wood picks in the name. And then mm. I, I literally was like laying in bed at four in the morning and you know, something as like they're made from trees or something. And then anyway, tree picks hit me and it was like, you know, lightning bolt going through me. And so I shot up out of bed at like 4am, like opened my laptop, like started Googling everything I could like tree picks. Is there anything here? Like with this name, whatnot. And like couldn't find anything like registered the domain name, like instantly at like 4am and whatnot. Um, and so I was like, you know, like I knew it, like that's the name, like hundred percent, no doubt in my mind, that's going to be the name of the company. So after, you know, about a week or so of kind of, you know, sitting on that, um, there's a company called Ten Tree, And so they make apparel like hoodies and shirts and, and all kinds of stuff. And their thing is that they plant 10 trees for every pick they sell. Sorry, for every article of clothing they sell. And um, that's how they sort of name the company. So I, I was inspired by that. And I was like, you know, I wonder if, you know, I could do some similar kind of thing you know, with the name Tree Picks. So I looked into that and figured out that you can, you know, plant a tree relatively cheaply. So um, you, you, you can buy a tree seedling for as anywhere from around, you know, 15 cents for just the seedling. So the planting thing, um, what, how it works for us is we buy the seedlings from a nursery and then we donate them to different companies or to charity groups and that kind of thing. And they organize the planting. So, um, you know, like I always tell people like we're a guitar pick company, like we're not a charity. Um, you know, I think of it more as a social enterprise, not so much, a you know, us trying to, you know, like we're trying to make money. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be very clear about that. Um, but you know, at the same time, we're trying to like do some good as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how the, the tree planting works is we buy the trees and then we give them to, there's like it, it how it kind of works is if you're say a big forestry company and you're cutting trees down to make lumber out of like, it, it de depends on what province you're in, but there's all kinds of different provincial regulations. But you basically, if you're like a big company like that, you can't just go cut the trees down and then run with your lumber and say thanks like you have to commit to be planting those trees to replace them um and like that's a very short version of how it works you know it's it's there's more to it and it's kind of more complicated but there's all kinds of companies that are on the hook to plant trees so they're more than happy to plant the trees you know when we give them to them that sort of thing and um, and there's also like a lot of charity groups too that you know organize this kind of stuff too so you know I'm very happy to like buy the trees and, um, you know, through some different uh, uh, like nurseries and, and tree planting companies back East that I'm connected with, they kind of basically disperse them for me and then they get planted. So are you guys a B Corp then? No, not officially. No. I guess it's kind of expensive to become a B Corp, but you could totally do it. I think you meet all the qualifications. 
Yeah, I, I, I did look into that briefly at one point, and it was kind of sort of that, that I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, that's something like I might kind of look more into down the road, but I was like, right now, I, you know, trying to, to get it off the ground and grow as fast as we can. Like, I was like, you know, you know, someday when I, when I got more time, I'll, you know, talk to a lawyer and an accountant and see if that's something that, you know, what are the advantages yeah. to that to, to doing? Plus, like, you're already doing all the stuff anyway, so why do you need a label that says that you do it? Yeah, that's kind of sort of how I feel about it, too. Like, you know, like, there, in all honesty, I don't know. Like, there may be, like, tax advantages and, and whatnot to, to being a certified B Corp. And, you know, there there could be other things to it. Um, but I just honestly haven't looked into it that deep. <laughs> One day. Someday. Um, okay. I'm going to kind of check change the subject here you already told us about having played hockey with Wayne Gretzky so that was a pretty cool experience but I want to know what the coolest experience you've had through tree picks has been I noticed that you had like a bunch of artists on your website and stuff that you work with and I was like yo what if you met somebody who's just like super famous or super cool I I want to hear about it okay I'll I'll give you two stories and I I kind of it's weird because like sometimes I like I hate kind of like people who sound like they're name dropping and that could, you know, there's, you meet people like this and they just name drop for like the sake of name dropping. And it, it kind of comes off as like swarmy or something. Um, so there's, uh, I'll give you two good stories. I know it, like I proudly dropped the name drop the Wayne Gretzky story because like, that's, like I said, you can put that on my tombstone <laughs> and I got this really awesome picture of me and him on the ice like, with our, our backs facing the camera so you can see our two jerseys and you know like that's like the like you know like prized photo of me kind of thing so um but uh so i'm, I'm proud to drop that one uh but i feel like a, <laughs> the, the, this one is a little bit kind of like you know a little more swarmy but so um the first story i'll give you is there's a really famous guitar player i'm sure rogan will know who it is his name is john schofield he's a jazz guitar player um he's probably considered to be like the best jazz guitar player in the world right now like that's a very subjective thing but this guy's like highly respected for like the last you know 40 years kind of thing like he's played with miles davis in the 80s and like he's you know very very highly respected so around the time that it started tree picks like it probably wasn't even called tree picks at this point um he was with a band called hudson it was him and three other jazz legends. Um, Jack DeJanette was a drummer and whatnot. And um, a lot of people might not know who these people are. But anyway, they were on tour in Calgary. And so I had, um, around the time that I was doing this, I was making a bunch of picks and giving them out to people to get feedback. And so I went, had tickets to go to this Hudson show because I wanted to you know, watch John Schofield play guitar. So I made some picks up with his name on them in hopes that you know after the show, I was going to kind of hang out by the back door and like meet him and, and, you know, give him some picks. So anyway, they were doing a, uh, after the show, they came out to the lobby and did like a, a CD signing thing. So I went to the table and, you know, kind of shook his hand. I said, Hey Jack, you know, I make guitar picks out of wood and da, 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 da. So, sorry, not Jack, John. And, uh, I gave him some picks and he's like, Oh, these are really cool and whatnot. And so on and so forth. And, uh, I said, you know, like I, I, you know, I just started making these and I said, I'd love to get some feedback. You know, um, he said, yeah, he said, email me. He said, you know, like he sent me to a website and he's like, you know, email me. And he said, I'll, I'll, I'll try these out and I'll get back to you eventually. And, um, 
So I was like, oh, that's sweet. You know, and again, like this was super, super early days, like probably wasn't called tree fix or anything. Um, so about a month later, like he was on the road still. And so I hadn't heard from him and anything. And um, about a month later, uh, it was a Friday night and I got a call from a buddy of mine who played in a band. Uh, he plays in a, a Celtic kind of band here in Calgary. And it was like eight o'clock at night. And he said, what are you doing? I said, not much, just you know, kind of hanging out. He said, we're in a jam here. He said, it's, we're going on stage at 930 and our singer has strep throat. Can you fill in for him? And I was like, yeah, no problem. You know, like nothing going on. So anyway, I, you know, drove downtown. I met, you know, then I played the gig with these guys. And anyway, I used a pick that I was um, experimenting with, but it was a really, really soft wood. So, um, for, so I played a set with this pick and at the end of it, the pick was just shredded. And I got really, you know, it, again, it was a super soft wood. So in hindsight, it's not, you know, I'm not shocked that it didn't hold up, but Anyway, that next day, I, you know, like I drove home from the gig that night and I was like really down in the dumps. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I thought I was on to something and I'm not. And this sucks. And da, 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 da. And anyway, so I went to bed that night, like kind of just down in the dumps and, you know, on this, you know, entrepreneurship is a series of highs and lows. And I was on a really low in that moment. And the next morning I woke up and opened my computer and there was an email from John Schofield. And it said, hey, Adam, you know, sorry it took so long to get back to you. You know, I tried the picks out and, you know, I really like them. Like they, they really give the, you know, like a, a darker kind of tone and whatnot. And, you know, like keep it up basically was the gist of it. And like, yeah. And like the timing, I, I can't overstate the timing of that email. It was like almost like this divine intervention. Cause like I woke up like thinking like, oh, you know, like it's over, it's done and whatnot. And there was this email from like the best jazz guitar player in the world who, you know, was, <laughs> encouraging saying yeah keep going you know I, this is kind of cool and so i you know often kind of describe it as like this guy sort of saved the company from you know before it even sort of kind of happened that's amazing that's such a cool yeah. story i'm i'm experiencing some yeah. envy over here <laughs> <laughs> um you said you had a second cool story that's happened to you in your uh, tree picks experience and I would love to hear that one as well <laughs> so I'm a huge Beatles fan um, like the biggest like if you could have asked me who is the this this story doesn't have the same happy ending but um, it's a wicked story nonetheless so if you could have like told me like if you could you know give your guitar picks to anyone in the world who would it be I'd be like hands down Paul McCartney like you know He's a bass player. He plays everything, but like, he's my idol, you know, like um, the Beatles, like he wrote the soundtrack to my life essentially. And, you know, I remember the first time I went to London, England, you know, like the only place I like absolutely had to go was Abbey road. Like, you know, I want to see all these other things, but it was like, I am not, if I only went to Abbey road and left London, I'd be happy. Like, and I remember being on the tube going there and like listening to, like, you know, the Abbey Road album on my iPod and whatnot. And it was like a pilgrimage going to, you know, the crosswalk and the studio and whatnot. Like, I'm a massive, massive, you know, fan of that guy. And so this is a bit of a long story, too. And I also have a habit of dragging stories out. So feel free to cut me off at any time. But um, so my brother is a music teacher in Nova Scotia. And he um, he teaches on a First Nation called Eskazoni. And every year he does really cool projects 
with his students where they'll like usually write a song and they'll make a video. And so he gets everyone kind of involved and like, you know, um, he gets as many kids playing on it as possible and then he'll get kids filming it and so on and so forth. And he gets the community involved and he's doing really cool stuff there with these kids. Um, so this one year they decided uh, that they were, it was, I think the United Nations uh, International Year of Indigenous Language, or I'm, I'm messing that up, but it was something like that. There was like a, a special year to do with like indigenous languages across the world. So they took um, the the language on this First Nation is called Nigma, um, and they took the Beatles song Blackbird and they translated it into Nigma. And this girl sang it, and my brother played guitar on it, oh. and um anyway long story short they released a video and it went viral and like across the world and um you know like cbc was playing it was like literally like across the world like people were showing this and it, you know it got like over a million views on youtube and so on and anyway um they got word that paul mccartney saw it so he saw this video um and he commented on it. He was playing a concert in the U.S. somewhere. And he commented on it that this Canadian girl, he was just about to play Blackbird at the concert. And he said, there's this incredible version that this Canadian girl did in her native language and whatnot. And so it was, you know, they were getting media requests from all over the world. And, you know, he got to go, him and the, the student, they uh, went to Africa for some kind of U.N. conference. Um, they were in Saudi Arabia for something like it, it really kind of changed their life. And anyway, so they were like, you know, the last sort of three months of the year was like a whirlwind. They were like literally traveling all over the world and it happened like so fast. Um, so when I saw that, um, Paul McCartney had saw it and commented on it, I, you know, went digging and emailed his company and, um, you know, kind of introduced, uh, you know, I just, you know, sort of threw it out there, like, you know, that they would love to see him and whatnot. And anyway, so he was playing a concert in Vancouver on July 4th, I believe it was. Maybe it was the 6th. I think it was July 6th that year. And so anyway, after a few emails back and forth, they got invited to go to the concert to, and they got to bring a guest each. So the girl brought her dad and my brother brought me. So we were, you know, and we, we thought we were going to get to meet Paul McCartney. And so we were backstage at Paul McCartney's concert at, uh, you know, um, the, uh, the big dome Rogers place in Vancouver. And, um, anyway, so I had made a bunch of picks up for Paul McCartney with his name on it. And I also made them up for his band with their names on it and so forth. And, um, anyway, the, the sort of the, the non-happy ending to this story is only my brother and the the student got to meet Paul. Mm -hmm. So they, they took them into a separate room and he got to meet Paul and got a picture. So I didn't, and I kind of thought I was, so it was like a, a big sort of letdown and whatnot. But oh. um, anyway, we, you know, we were like invited to the show and like, they gave us like front row center seats and we were in a room with his band. So I met like all his band and gave them picks and so on and so forth. But when my brother, um, he took the pics that I made for Paul. They gave him a gift. They presented him a gift from the first nation and whatnot. And he put the pics in with the box there. So I don't know if he ever got it, but um, nonetheless, it was a really just a, like an incredible night and a, just a wicked experience. Yeah. That is an absolutely amazing But I was, yeah, I was like this close to meeting <laughs> Paul McCartney. And I mean, you're one degree of separation from Paul McCartney. Yeah. So 
And and you still got to give him the pics. Man, you've... It sounds like you've had such, like, a cool life, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I've, I've had some cool experiences. My friends kind of make fun of me a little bit because, like, they... You know, like I, I could tell you like kind of more stories like this and like they all just kind of like shake their head. They're like, yeah, of course, like Adam, you know, like kind of they, they just kind of laugh and make fun and say that, you know, I just kind of, you know, wiggle my way into these sort of crazy situations that, you know, make for great stories. I think you're I think you're showing like the power of the ask, you know, like you just like ask for things and you get them. So anybody can do that. But it takes a special kind of power and talent to, like, know when to ask and how to make the most out of what you get. I agree with that. And 100%. Like, so I do think, like, that's a, one of my sort of skills is that, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm good at knowing sort of how to ask. Or I, I think when I, I do, it, I, it doesn't come off as uh, salesy or it, it sort of comes off as genuine. Um, so like when I emailed the Paul McCartney people, you know, like I, it wasn't like, you know, they get emails like literally every day from this, you know, sort of thing. So like, I, I have to approach it in a way that, you know, like you're, you're, you're not coming off as salesy or needy or wantsy, if that makes sense. Um, you know, like I, I think of it as dating. It's like when I'm trying to, you know, like get a new client or a new store or something like that it's like i'm not trying to marry you on the first date mm. you know the first date it's it's kind of to me it's more like a get to know you you know see if there's like maybe connection and we'll want to see again so like if i you know and i i sort of take that similar approach you know in business um like i i rarely come in sort of hard and fast like i i think the best way to sell is for is to not sell is to have people come to you have something you know that you have that they want um so, you know, uh, that's kind of more my approach is that, you know, like tr I'll, I'll just try to, you know, make an introduction, but like, I, I, I don't necessarily pester, um, you know, or, or it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain my style, but it's, it's definitely different. And like, I don't know, I, 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 I just don't, it's, it's not always necessarily about the numbers for me, um, about, you know, the, the, you know, trying to rack up, you know, sales like you know for me like if i go into a gift shop and you know I'm, I'm trying to sell them or convince them to to carry our picks like i really part of me like really doesn't care if they don't take it like i understand you know that they have you know like real estate in those kinds of stores is very valuable and they only have so much room and so on and so forth you know but like when i go in more often than not they kind of do because i i sort of make it hard for them to say no um, but I also don't come off as, you know, super salesy or swarmy to them. Um, so, and you know, the no's that I do get, they often seem like kind of reluctant. It's never just like a slam the door in your face. So I think it's a different style than, you know, coming in super hot. I come in like kind of warm and then, you know, turn up the temperature slowly over time. Like boiling a lobster. <laughs> or wait, no, that's a frog. Okay. <laughs> that I don't know yeah, why my and... brain went there, but it did. So here we are. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've taken like tons and tons of sales master classes, and it's so interesting how every person I talk to who does sales has like a completely different 
take on it and different things work for everyone but yours is the what is the technique that aligns the most with mine of everybody i've met so far so i love that yeah and like you know i i really try to research who i'm going after in that sense so and you know like so there's kind of two sides to tree picks there's like you know the e-commerce side and then there's a retail side and like honestly the retail side is dead right now with covid um but the e-commerce side is booming because of COVID. So, you know, it's, it's a trade-off, but, um, but with the retail side, like a lot of these gift shop owners are, they're, you know, all the same in the sense, like, you know, their business models kind of translate, you know, they're heavily based on tourism. They're very seasonal, you know, they all kind of have like a same thing. So I've kind of learned how to approach them in a way that, you know, that kind of works, I guess. But like when I emailed the Paul McCartney people, um, you know, like I, I did it in a way like, you know, I, I kept it short and sweet, like, you know, explained who I was, what they did, you know, and like linked to some articles, you know, about the kind of press that they were getting linked to an article about how Paul McCartney commented on them. And so his people got that. And, you know, if, if you open an email and you see that it's like super long, and, you know, like I said, these people get stuff like this, literally like mm -hmm. every, tens and tens of, you know, maybe hundreds of them every day. So like, you got to do something that's going to get their attention and stop them in their tracks. But you also have to do it in the least amount of words as possible. So um, I think over the years, I kind of figured that out a bit, you know, and it's always a work in progress, but, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think. You already covered sort of how your process was and like the, the difference in tone quality for that. So Chelsea, do you want to go on to your final question and then we'll wrap things up here? Um. Oh my God. Okay. I see what you're doing to me. Oh, on your website, Adam, I noticed that you sell something called a dick pic and it says that this is the only dick pic you should ever send. And I, I love that. Like 10 out of 10 laughed my ass off i thought that was amazing <laughs> so what i was going to do was i was just gonna like open the podcast by asking you how many dick pics you've sold um and then i decided that that probably wasn't the best way to do it <laughs> and i would probably need to give some context to that question so adam how many how many dick pics have you sent um yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is be funny if someone just clipped this it was like i sent a lot of dick pics <laughs> all over the world <laughs> to random people that I've never met, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that whole thing started as a, uh, um, you know, like I've often thought about that, you know, like just like, you know, like the, the sort of, you know, a, the idea of a dick pick as a guitar pick, you know, and just kind of like the gag of it and whatnot. And I had a friend who wanted some as a gag. And so I made some for him. I think, you know, sometime in, uh, uh, you know, around Christmas time or something. And then with April Fool's Day coming up, I was like, okay, I was almost like a little bit reluctant to put, um, you know, them for sale, like on the website. Um, but, you know, anyone I kind of showed them to thought it was really funny and whatnot. And so for anyone who's listening for some context, so we make guitar picks and it just <laughs> says the word dick on it. And so you're getting a dick pick, you know, um, P-I-C-K, you know. And um, so... Anyway, I put them up, you know, and I, I ran a few Facebook ads and whatnot, and they sold pretty well, <laughs> you know, um, like, 
I, I honestly don't know the sort of total uh, number. I'd have kind of have to look it up. But you know, we we sold you know probably you know I don't know five hundred of them or something. You know, maybe wow. um, I'm totally speculating. But like, I the response was really good, and like everyone kind of got the joke. You know, um, like the comments and stuff on on Facebook and Instagram and those places where you know, like I was a little bit worried that I was like people are gonna like think this is stupid or whatnot and um, or, you know, people would like kind of report it as uh, inappropriate or mm -hmm. something like that. But the, the response was, you know, like most people got the joke and thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I give that joke a 10 out of 10. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I think I'm going to order some. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, Rogan says something misleading, which was that, that that was our final question. But my actual final question is... Um, where can people find you? Do you want to plug anything? Was there something that made you want to come on the podcast in the first place that you really want to talk about or open table for you? Yeah. Like the, the reason I wanted to come on was like, uh, I, I just like the idea of like you guys talking about things that people are passionate about. So that that's mm -hmm. super cool. You know, like I, I met Chelsea about a year ago through the ATBX program and, uh, well, it actually might be two years ago now because COVID has been a year, but, um, and, uh, you know, just really liked, uh, you know, Chelsea's vibe and whatnot. So when I, I saw that you guys were starting a podcast, I was like, this would be, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm in, I'd, I'd love to be a guest. And, uh, you know, the, the whole, um, there's not much to plug, just, you know, if you play guitar or if you have, you know, friends who, who do or musicians, you can check out our website. It's treepicks.com. So we make guitar picks out of wood and we plant one for every, plant a tree for everyone we sell. And, um, you know, if anyone wants to hit me up personally, anything on the any of the Tree Picks accounts will get to me um, pretty quickly, if if not eventually. Um, so you know, everything you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff is just at Tree Picks. Uh, yeah, check it out. Oh my God, awesome. you're on TikTok. <laughs> uh, that's very sweet. I'm glad you like my vibe. I wake up every day. <laughs> I wake up every day and I choose chaos. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm following you on TikTok right now. <laughs> I'm the same way. Chaos is the I, I like to call it organized chaos yes. or whatnot, but um yeah, it's it's uh um you know, my close friends and and my fiance and all that like they would tell you that it's, you know, like it's 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 definitely there's an element to chaos or whatnot. Like when I you know, when I'm cooking dinner or something like that, they <laughs> You know, they say it's like a hurricane went through the kitchen <laughs> uh, afterwards. I get that a lot too. You know? <laughs> it's been a, a pleasure talking to you about all this stuff. My pleasure. I really, really had a lot of fun talking to you guys. And it looks like that's another one for the archives. Thank you for listening to the Arcana Archives, an exploration into nerddom. If you have any questions or suggestions for future topics or guests, please reach out to us at arcanacollective.archives at gmail.com. Or follow us on Facebook or Instagram with the username at arcanaarchives. Hope to see you again!